Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello and welcome to another Touchy Bruno's podcast. It's your boy Dan Coos and host of Judy. I've not been on for a couple of weeks actually. Um, I would like to say it's good to be back, but unfortunately, um, we are recording this 10.42 p.m. off the back of what can only be described as a pamming, to be honest. Um, 4-1-L to Man City at the Etihad, and it feels a little bit like Groundhog Day, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but the circumstances, a little bit different um, this time. The title on the line, um, pretty much coming into this game off the back of three draws, not ideal form. Pep Guardiola before the game um, in his pre-match press, I saying, oh, I wish they had come into this in better form, etc. All I know is that man is a waffler. That man is a waffler and he, he proved he's a waffler with the performance that we saw from Man City. Um, to be honest, so I'm joined by... Sean and German, how you guys doing, man? We outside, bro. We no lose. We here. We don't run from the grind. Yeah, I'm holding oh. it, bro. And we got Shabs here as well, man. Shabs, how you doing, my man? Uncle Shabs, you know what's good. Hey, you better relax with the Uncle Shabs. <laughs> <laughs> you better relax, bro. Oh, oh, you're recording, yeah. You started the recording. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah man. What's yeah. up, people? What's up, people? Yeah. I, I'm not running from the grind. I like Scott, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know where to start. Okay, I do know where to start today. Um, I do know where to start because for me, um, I, I, I'm gonna try and not be too too down because actually, really and truly, I'm I'm obviously disappointed at the result and what that means for our season, but. I'm, I'm generally feeling quite positive about the club going forward. Right? I think today is a disappointing day. We need to compartmentalise that and move on. But that doesn't mean that we can't analyse and talk about the game today because I do think there's a lot of talking points and there's you know certain players and the manager um, that we need to we need to we need to highlight some points, right? So you know I'm going to start here and just say I was very disappointed with the starting lineup um, personally. I was very disappointed with the starting lineup. Um, for me, since that Saliba injury, things have been, you know, uh, I think, okay, let me even frame it this way, right? When Jesus got, went down injured, I felt, you know, I felt comfortable, I felt cool, I felt calm because 
I knew we have a, 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 a good backup, decent backup in Eddie Nketiah, who I think has shown he can contribute um, at this level. He did it at the end of the last season uh, for some games, got five in, in the last eight games, etc. And I was thinking, yeah, Eddie can come in, he can hold down the fort. And Odegaard went down, Vieira stepped in, Xhaka's gone down, um, Vieira stepped in. We've seen Reese Nelson coming for, for Bukayo Saka and putting some good cameo performances this season as well. We've seen Trossard come in for Jesus, putting some great performances. When that Saliba injury happened, I thought, oh, this is a bit of a shaky one because I personally don't think we have anyone in the squad who could come in and play the way that he he, he does. And then we, we, we knew that Rob Holding was going to be given a chance. Um, and for me, as far as I'm concerned, the past three games showed that that has that's, that that chance has not worked, you know. And why I want to, I, I was very disappointed in the starting lineup is we have conceded two goals in the in in well three goals against Southampton, two goals against West Ham, three goals against Liverpool, all of which have not been sort of free scoring teams this season. And yet we're going to the team who has scored the most goals in the league. They have the most dangerous forward in world football, striker in world football, um, let me say, because obviously it's guys like Mbappe and that um, knocking about. A guy who is chasing um, uh, a, 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 a Premier League goal-scoring record, and we saw no adjustments to counter that that fact. And and that, was re that really disappointed me because Holden cannot do what Saliba does. We all know that. Arteta, as a manager knows that he can't do that as well. And yet he's just asked him and just said, yeah, boom, go and do it. And I think last season we saw against Spurs, crunch time against Newcastle, we asked Holden to come in and do the job. He's not up to the task. And it cost us then. And I think it's it's, it's quite poor to not learn from that mistakes, uh, that mistake um, and, and all the mistakes from the previous games and just go out and expect, um, you know, expect us to turn over Man City because, you know, for me, I just think he, he didn't really give us a chance in this match um, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think he gave us a chance. And after seven minutes, I think everyone pretty much thought that the game was done. Um, so so what, we, what, what, what I'll, I'll open it up to the floor. What are you guys' thoughts on, uh, on, on, on the starting lineup? I'll start with you, chefs, since you're off mute. Should have, should have, it should have changed it. Up. Absolutely, I think um, when you consider the games, when you consider the last three games, the last performances, the impact it's had on the team in terms of holding what some of his deficits are. And by the way, I don't want to make this like a, a Rob Holding witch hunt. Or whatever, I don't want to set the tone for a podcast which is going to be like Shabs going all out for Rob Holding or whatever. That's not what I'm about, but um, but yeah, I think that he's obviously a big issue in terms of the way that we set up and he undermines the way that we try to play. Um, we've played three or four very different types of teams, um, and Arteta's not tried to vary. He's not compromised, basically, his way of playing. He wants to maintain this high press. Um, for me, something has to give. If you're playing holding, you can't continue to play in the same way. If you're going to play in the same way, then you need to um, 
bringing or incorporate players who can accommodate and facilitate that style and that way of playing. And in the end, Arteta's done uh, neither to a successful degree. And, um, you know, for me, I was crying out for a change given the last game against Southampton, especially the manner of the um, West Ham um, game before that, I was crying out for a change. And I was curious as well to see if Arteta would do something different. Um, so it was a bit of a disappointment when we saw the lineup um, that he put out. And I thought there would be some sort of special game plan for City in mind as well. I thought that, you know, maybe because of our obvious deficits, because, you know, the team are going to seek to target Rob Holding, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought there'd be a plan um, which we'd be able to see quite soon into this game, which mitigated that 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 risk of them really trying to isolate Holding and whatnot. So it was yeah even more so disappointing when that plan didn't really come to fruition with the players that he um, he put out. I think this was a game that was ready made for. Um, Jorginho, actually. Um, Joe Dan, I think you said it. I think, um, you know, you made reference to the game we played against them earlier, but even before you... I I didn't even see your comments at the time that you did say earlier this week, to be fair, but my thinking was that, yeah, actually, this is a game where Jorginho um, would probably actually help us. So I was a bit disappointed that I didn't see him in the starting lineup as well, um, to be fair. And yeah, just for anyone who's not clear on that, that it would have been at the expense of holding and I would have done something very unconventional like played party at right back played a hybrid right back system for example, I would have moved Ben White across, yes, to the centre to the centre back um, because this holding and Gabriel playing together doesn't work and we saw again today why it doesn't work, they're just a a complete mess So, so yeah that's what I would have done in terms of changes to the starting lineup, really. Yeah, uh, Sean, Joe, uh, Dan, anything you want to add? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I, I, I don't really disagree with what Shab said. To be fair, um, and again, like we don't want to make it a witch hunt on a, on a certain player, but ultimately, last season we couldn't, we fell down because we couldn't continue the dynamics when certain individuals got injured. Holding had to come in, couldn't sustain the same dynamics and the same has happened again this season. Um, I know people will point to the games that Holding was in against Palace and and um, Leeds, which we won both of them convincingly, but also there were a lot of warning signs in both of those games. Now, people will tend to gloss over those warning signs because we won the games, but you could see it and the warning signs were there. We, Like you said, we conceded two against Liverpool, two against West Ham, three against um, Southampton and four today. So our goal, I think we've now conceded more goals this season in Man United, which I think is quite telling considering some of the hammerings they've taken and I don't think that reflects well on us at all. So, um, And it's going to sound weird because obviously I think Arteta has managed like 90% of the season fantastically, but at the end of the day, holding playing and holding starting games is on him because he's the one he's kept holding around. So he's got to hold it and take accountability for that and he hasn't shown adaptability. I think... On one, one side, I get where some people would say you want to keep the other 10 players the same because it's literally the same team just holding in for Saliba. So I could get why some people would say, why would you want to move X or Y out the situation, um, you know, to account for this guy? But we saw what happened, um, you know, last season when we maybe had an issue and then we tried to move other players around. So I could get it. He probably just didn't want to disrupt too many dynamics within the team. But ultimately... 
he's he's just he's he's a net negative and he can't be in next season. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have I have similar thoughts. I think you know starting lineup. I was disappointed to see him play. Um, I feel like I feel like this game. You know, this game has been prepped up for since probably since the game we lost against against City, and then we went on this winning run, and City started going on this winning run. So this game has been hyped up for a long time. And um, I said it in the group chat. I felt like you know City when we played them in that first game and they won three one. I don't, I know Guardiola was not happy with the performance. I think that game we could have really won, but we were really poor in the final third. Um. And I think Guardiola was not happy with the performance because that guy is obsessed with control and they didn't have control of that game. Um, and I think what he did then is he started tinkering with the team. He started, he started looking for solutions and how to manage transitions and, you know, especially the fast transitions that we do better and how to just have more control and also how to press and make it more harder to play through the midfield. Um, and quite frankly, he's developed a system that made it very difficult for us in particular to play um, I think other teams are probably more happy to play it because they can sit back and play long balls and, you know, they, they don't mind. And um, we have the, our approach play doesn't change. Um, and I think this system was designed to stop us and it stopped us comprehensively. Um, I think you need more physicality midfield in order to do something against the system, which we, which we frankly lacked. Um, in terms of you know people driving with the ball, people also really competing, getting closer to the duels, and that that is all of that without even considering that you know I've, for me and I, I've I've said it you know all season I think Saliba is our best defender, is our best centre back, um, defender centre back whatever you want to call it, um, so him not being there I think obviously has a knock on effect, and um, I think I echo Sean's um, point in terms of I think I said to last year tried to tinker with the system because players were out and he tried to move pieces around and um, it didn't have the desired effect. So this year, I think he took the approach where he said, you know, the rest of the team is there. They should be knowing, they should, they should know what they have to do in that position. We know that one guy doesn't, but, you know, the rest of them have to get on with it, even if there's a level of, um, you know, overcompensating, um, having to do more, having to be more aware. Um, but I think that knock-on effect can't be underestimated. Ultimately, I felt like for this game, we should have had a special game plan. Like Guardiola has developed his special game plan for months and we didn't. And I think that is, I think that goes back to just, and I said it in the group as well, I think it goes back to City have the privilege, um, you know, to, to tinker, to move things around, move pieces around, try things because they have so many super competent footballers, you know, whether Bernardo Silva plays, whether Mares plays, whether Grealish plays, whether Foden plays, you know, I think there's only like two or three immovable pieces for him and the rest are all movable, you know. Ake didn't play today. Akanji was fantastic, you know. Again, a super competent footballer, super intelligent footballer. I think people underestimate how good some of these players are, to be honest. If they'd be somewhere else, you know, people will be talking about and shouting about them. So I think... He's been developing this and we have basically just been, you know, flogging this first 11 for as much as we could this season. Because that's the only way we can be confident in winning football games in this Premier League. Mm. Because when we start tinkering, even Fabio Vieira playing left, mid or like right, you know, the drop off is crazy. From him to Xhaka is crazy. From him to Udegaard is crazy. I think the only the only place in the team where the drop off is not super heavy, in my opinion, is... Um, I think Zinchenko, I think, is way better than Tierney, but I think the drop-off is you know, not as heavy as in other positions. 
Um, I think Nelson has shown good promises, but you know, Saka is the main man. Left wing, I think Trussard and Martinelli and, and Jesus, they're all quite interchangeable. Um, but you know, they give different things. But that's where we probably are the strongest. Whereas in midfield and in defense, and apart from left back, I think the drop off is heavy. And Tomiasso has been injured as well for big parts of the season. So yeah, we can't interchange pieces, we can't move things around, and that's cost us. Um, and that's where we are. Um, and I think we should have tried to prepare better for this game because, you know, playing holding for me just wouldn't have been an option. But um, I do still think that we probably would have not come out on top, you know, because we need the first, first 11 to even be able to be on the playing field to compete. And then when you compete, doesn't mean that you win. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think um, it's, it's, I think on the holding thing, right? Like, I, I'm not really trying to get onto him, um, to be honest, because for me, he, he, he frankly just is not at the level. He's never been at the level um, at, in any season, right? Um, under Wenger, I know, he, you know, people quote, oh, I'm sorry, he didn't cost 50 million, so he can't be good kind of stuff. Under Wenger, he didn't play more than 10 league games in a season, you know, and, and not, all, not all of them 10 were starts. Yeah? Under Unai Emery, he didn't play more than 10 league games in a season um, and not all of them were starts. Um, the only time where Holden has actually been a mainstay in this team um, and played lots of games uh, is, is under this guy, Mikel Arteta. And that was the season where um, we came eighth in Arteta's like first full season at Arsenal. We played 31 league games. We came eighth, probably one of our worst seasons. Um, that we've ever had whilst I've been watching watching Arsenal, right? Like, you can go back to Holden's debut. I think it was his debut. I know it was Mane's debut because he crashed it on him, um, 16, 17. Um, and ever since then, you know, you have, to, you have to really say, you know, this guy has been at this club for far too long, right? And mm. for me, the, the, the thing that, that I, I kind of... That, that I kind of don't really understand is that this manager, I think we can all agree on his signings, the way he's put players in certain roles, etc. His talent ID is supposedly quite good, right? So it's clear to me that you know this guy cannot play this role, but it seems like to me almost that he's rewarding him for being like a good trainer, and being a good lad around the staff, good leader and all this stuff. He was uh, the captain today after Odegaard went off off the pitch. And frankly, I just don't think that is the right approach. You know, I always think it should be, not always, but I think quality should have a far bigger weighting over your team selections, over the people you put faith in. Because two seasons in a row now, to me, it's, it's almost like he's saying, you know what? Holding, go make yourself a hero. You know, I think you 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 got this because the fact that he's still here, we've seen a lot of players who have more quality than Holding been booted out um, for one reason or another, um, and he he seems to be rewarding this guy for off the pitch stuff when his on the pitch stuff is just nowhere near at the level, and that's the thing that I just I just really don't like. I really really don't like it. Um, I think, I think guy, I... he should not be here. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you completely. But I think the other side of it was well, well, there's two things. 
One, the other side of it is that maybe Arteta's hand's been completely forced because the Saliba injury is one thing, but the Saliba inju injury was um, exacerbated by the, um, and further compounded, I should say, by the um, Tomiyasu injury. And we've, we've spoken about that. Under different circumstances, Saliba's out, but you'd have Ben White move to centre-back. So... Um, you know, some some of the risk is is or, or some of the issues I should say are negated, um, but Tomiyasu and Saliba being injured at the same time is just really unfortunate, really really unfortunate. So maybe a part of it is that Arteta's hand is forced because realistically, in terms of senior centre backs at the club, who else has he got? Um, but then that links to the point about. Um, you know, having a special game plan and trying something different for this game. Um, but the second thing, the, the, most people, in terms of us being analytical, because I, I don't think we'd be super critical of holding, just analytical. Most people, most Arsenal fans won't get it either because, you know, it's not necessarily the way in which they watch the game. It's not necessarily the way in which, the way that we're analysing Holding's performance and the impact Um that his role in the team has on the way that we play is different to the way that most fans watch it as well. So they won't necessarily see it in the same in the same way. And that's the other reason why I feel there's probably no not much point in over indexing it or 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 flogging it too much either. Um and then the other thing as well is that with Saliba we held a free one, you know? So against Man City, there were other factors at play. Um, today we've held a 4-1. So City have flogged us, they've flogged us. And again, it touches to the points that um, have already been made before. They're, they're, you know, top team, top manager, mass riches, um, you know, and they've got a, a, a absolute goal machine and, a, and an assist machine as well. So, um, yeah. And, 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 and here's the thing, right? So I do want to talk about the the rest of the team. So um, I'm on sofa score now and I think the defence today was a complete shambles holding aside, right? So I'm talking about the other three guys. So I've got it here. Um, uh, I'll start with holding, right? So five ground duels, two, one. Three aerial duels, one. He, he wins one of them. Ben White, seven ground duels, he's, he wins one. One aerial duel, he wins. Um, Gabriel, uh, one ground duel, he lost five aerial duels, he, he won two. Um, Zinchenko, four ground duels, he wins two. Three aerial duels, he wins two, right? Um, and I think when you have a system that is based on 1v1s all over the pitch, you need to be able to win these duels. You need to be able to win these battles. And when you don't win the battles is when you end up in situations like the first goal with KDB 1v1 against Gabriel, able to pick his spot um, in the corner. I think, German, you were saying, or I think it was real when I was actually saying um, in the chat that Vieira and Arteta both said that these men did not compete today, right? And... For me, I really feel that because it just felt from minute one that these men, they were just not up for it today, right? That they were not. 
And I think it's, it's, it's proper cliche and that kind of thing. But we have seen games against Man City this season. Even the FA Cup game when we went to the Etihad, I think we put in a, a much better, um, uh, you know, performance, much better ask of ourselves. The game at the Emirates, I think we were in that game until Tomiyasu's um, mistake. The game last season at the Etihad, we were the better team, you know. And I, I hear you, Pep's playing a different system, makes it much more difficult. But in the duels, in these previous matches, we were up for it. We were winning them. Our passes were slicker, you know. Um, and it just felt like they went out with a with a with with a limp, you know, with a with a with a um, just just without without really making a case for for them to win this match. And I think that's the most disappointing thing for me because I think fine, you can play well, you can lose to City. We've played well in the past and lost to City, but today it was a it was a big travesty. And I think the fundamentals of our game were not there in terms of the dual winning from players who you absolutely need to win their duels if we if we stand a chance. I, I agree with the dual stuff. I mean, it's evident. Um, and what, what those stats don't tell you is the, the, the duels that the players didn't get into because they just weren't close enough. There were mm. times, I mean, we, the bronze third goal, you know, holding is making def you know, defensive errors there. For both not marking De Bruyne, not engaging with Haaland, he's in between. And Sharon said this earlier, we've seen those signs. He did the same against Palace, but they didn't score. You know, mm. Haaland finds De Bruyne, De Bruyne scores. Did he engage with anyone? Was he involved in any duels? No, it was still a mistake because, you know, he was too far away. Um, so I think there's there's also stuff that those stats don't capture, that we just simply went, went, went close enough, went aggressive enough in, in the duels. And I don't think, I think, and I agree, the way we started the game, it didn't seem like we were on the front foot. Um, it felt like we were really apprehensive in our approach. And I, I'm, I'm pretty certain I, I didn't tell them to do that. Um, so the way we started, invited City to press, um, and we didn't press well. I think today you could see, this was one of the first games um, I've seen us this year, probably the first game this year, mate. yeah, where I just felt like our press was completely ineffective. And that was to do with spacing. You know, the spacing between the attackers was wrong. The spacing from midfield to the attackers was wrong. I think Udegaard actually did a decent job in trying to lead the press, but Xhaka and Partey behind them then, second balls not being won, you know. Then what, what, is, what is the... If Udegaard goes, why is Jesus not going on to the other side? I just felt like there was not enough connectivity in our press. And we basically got nothing from our press. Where City, on the other hand, they had a lot of joy from their press. Um... And it's not even like I felt like, and, you know, as I said, I feel like Pep started developing the system to, you know, compete with us, to, like, stifle us and find a way to beat us. Um, I don't even think it was numerical superiority, like, in deep areas or even up front. I feel like at times they only attacked with two, three men. But <laughs> because the spacing was so off from our side, they were able to, you know, get into the spaces that they wanted to, you, you know, Haaland, you know, De Bruyne to go to. And those are efficient footballers like you can't get these guys into the situation three times these are clinical footballers man they will they will do something you know they're not i'm sorry but they're not like jesus jesus might get in the situation four or five times and do this you know get close the bryant and harland are super clinical super efficient footballers they get in that situation two three times something is happening you know and that something is a goal or an assist and that's where that's where that's where it was in the end or a, like a clear chance 
So I think there was a few things wrong with our performance. Um, and at the end of the day, we just have to hold it, man. Hold it, move on. Um, it's been a good season. Um, I wouldn't even say the season is done because I, I still believe there's a, there's a very, very small chance that, you know, City draw a game, they maybe lose a game um, and we are back in it. But really, it's not in our hands anymore. We just have to focus on our games, try to finish the season strongly. Realistically, I expect City to win or draw. You know, I don't expect them to have any losses in the league, which would put it out of sight for us. And I think their running is relatively easy. We've seen what the level that they can play at. They have everyone fit. It's, it looks like it's gone, and, and I'll be honest, but it's not really done until it's done. So I'm gonna keep that, mm. keep that stance. But in the end, you know, it's been a good season, and you know, I'm proud of this team. You know, I'm, I'm actually not that down. Um, mm. People have been trying to crash on me in WhatsApps on on Twitter. I'm not that down. I can't lie to you. And um, this game has opened my eyes in terms of where we can actually go go to, because I feel like there's a lot of you know um, tactical flexibility that. Pep's team has that we don't have yet um, and, you know, quality in depth, which we always talk about, but that tactical flexibility that they have, we we are far away from having that. And I think we, we, we'll we be able to get that if we recruit right in summer still. Mm. And that yeah. bull, and that bull bitch tapping <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I caught him slipping on the DLR today. Yeah, I should have I slapped his bald head. You know, I should have slapped his bald head. In... in <laughs> Yeah, but um, you know, let's let's go into some individual performances. Um, you know, uh, Sean, I'll come to you um, because I think midfield was a big, big issue in that first half. Personally, um, as German Dan said, <laughs> and German Dan said, um, um, the spacing was all off. You know, the spacing was all off. I, I don't think our press was right. Um, <laughs> I don't think our press was right. Um, I didn't think that Erdegaard and Jacob were really in the game at all. Um, personally, um, I think Party tried his best, uh, but again, I think this was probably his third pretty poor game in a row. You know, if we're going to be keeping it a buck, right? So, looking at that midfield um, today, what do you think was the <laughs> what do you think was the main the main issue there really and then i guess looking forward what what can we do in i guess the part the, the next sort of five games that you have left the rest of the season i i think a lot of the issues you guys have all touched on and they're all sort of interlinked i think partly um the point german made about spacing and distances it's very hard to win jewels and sustain pressure when the distances are too big you know i think you've heard pep say before that man city aren't a transition team so they can't afford for there to be big gaps in between the lines i think we're quite similar once the game starts to get stretched we start to struggle because you know erdegaard isn't you know he's a good presser but you wouldn't say he's someone who's athletic you know who can hunt man down and it's very similar with Xhaka i think when these guys have small distances to cover i think they're very good but the moment the game gets stretched and it's a noticeable thing with us, um, you know, in the last five, I think it said four, three, two, two, we've conceded like 12 goals in our last five games or something ridiculous like that. So I think it becomes harder to to um, to compete and win duels when, when the game gets stretched. So I think fundamentally, if you wanted to pick flaws, you could say all of these guys have individual problems. Um, party at times, he, he really runs like he's just eating Kenke and he's, he's, he's struggling to move. Um, Erdegaard, you know, like I said, I think he's a good presser from the front, but 
when the game gets turned, he's not really what you'd call a two-way midfielder. He struggles to run back the other way. Similar with Xhaka, we know his issues from an athletic standpoint. So as a trio, once we're compact, I think they're fine. But, um, you know, we've spoken about where we can upgrade. And for me, midfield is the biggest upgrade area. You know, we've spoke, we've, there's loads of different names. I think Ornstein suggesting some names this this afternoon. But I would really like to see, and I think um, German made that point, a midfield with more athletic capabilities. Um, because I actually think that's where Pep has helped to address some of City's hindrances in the last couple of months. You know, when we spoke about City, I never saw City as an athletic team. But, you know, once Pepper started playing like Stones, Akanji, Diaz, Walker, all of them together, you all of a sudden like, right, these men are bare athletic. So they're good athletically. They're good technically. They've got Haaland up top, who is good athletically, who's improving technically. So we ha- we need that overall base to improve, I think. So um, to answer your question, yeah, I, j- I just think whilst we, we could pick on individuals and, and I don't think anyone had any good game, Odegaard made a dumb mistake for the third goal. Um, it was too easy for uh, I thought so much during the game KDB kept picking up the ball in between that last line behind Xhaka and Party on a regular regular basis and then like you said they ended up finding themselves in 2v2 situations so often Um, and partly that's again because we know what happens at the back line because certain men are dropping deep so that is then overloading and putting more pressure on the midfield so I just think a lot of our issues um, are recruitment based and depending on how we work on that in the summer will dictate, um, you know, what we do going forward, man. So I think, um, yeah, I don't think anybody covered themselves in glory. And to your point, um, Cougs, I think certain men definitely haven't handled the pressure well and probably need to look at that. But I think it's a, it's a multitude of reasons compounded into one. And it's a shame, but yeah, like German said, I don't want us to end the season on the win part. We need to rally and, and finish strongly, whatever happens. Mm. Yeah, and I just I, I just want to quickly add to that as well because, um, yeah, to to me it's it, coming into the game. My thoughts were, I expect City to win. I don't want Arsenal to useless themselves. That's it. Like, don't useless themselves. Don't 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 like compete. You know what I mean? Like, go for it, and. There was just a lack of competition today. Like there was a lack of, you know, sometimes like we, we you expect City to be technically superior, but getting in amongst these guys. Um, but you know, it was that 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 lack of fight, and it was what German Dan was saying. People not going for second balls. It was just all apparent. Um, you know, I feel like I need to find a pause there, but it was very apparent. Uh, just people weren't competing in the middle of the pitch, and I think this is why we're being linked with the the. The, um, the names that we're being linked with in the summer. But also, the other thing is that um, when we've done well this season, especially in our big games, we've generally tended to blow teams out of the water within the first 30 minutes. And when you think about the Liverpool sides as well, like that have really caused problems for Man City it's because they've started really fast against them and um, the midfielders haven't been the most, uh, you know, technical, but they've been astute. They've been robust. Again, they've competed. They've got in, um, they've disrupted and destabilised and not made it easy for City to play. And we didn't do that. I feel like even if the game wasn't going our way in terms of controlling possession or actually trying to play, we didn't, 
we didn't make City work hard enough um, in order yeah, for them to have that. We didn't make them work hard at all, you know. I, I don't all. think we made, I don't and, think we made, made it difficult for them at yeah. all. I think at times yeah. in that first half, it felt like a training game, you know. It yeah. was literally just, we, everyone was saying, you know, we're lucky it's 1-0. I was, I was honestly shaking in my boots, bro. I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be yeah. another... Yeah, it's another been, blaming, been, and it ended up being be a blaming. Yeah, so that 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 was it for me. Even that would have, um, you know, that would have gone some way. But I think we 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 didn't earn the right to play today. We didn't earn the right to compete. And I think for me, that's damning. That's like really, that's really damning. Especially given what was on the on the line um, mm. today. Especially given the magnitude and the the importance of the game. Um, I don't think you always need to be that technically um, secure to be able to get a result. There are teams that are less, you know, capable than than, than we are and that what? have had joy against City, that have stifled them, that have been able to stop them from playing, um, you know, that have shut them down or stopped them for the majority. But, um, yeah, it's about the profiles that we have. And, you know, usually I'd be asking for someone like Shaka to be reserved and to not get himself into trouble and you know, to play with his head and whatnot. And this is a game where I actually um, feel like um, he needed to put himself about. I don't know. I don't know, you know, the severity of his injury. I don't know if he was fully um, ready to return for today's game or or whatever, but he did. He was available. He was fit. He started the game. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have minded him um, crashing it on some players and just destabilising things. But yeah, it just didn't work for us. And I think, yeah, it just screams at what we are what we're missing and none of this is a revelation we've known this you know these are things that we talk about these are things that we discuss in terms of how we can improve what we need to do maybe what the type of business that we need to hint towards in the summer but I just want to highlight that it was really disappointing to not see it in 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 today's game yeah I, I think it's a really good point champs because um for me it's it's a complete 180 from what we actually have seen from Arsenal this season mm. in the big games, right? Um, I think even against you know Brighton, who uh, had like 60% possession against us, right? I didn't really feel um, a lot of fear in that game. I didn't really feel like you know we weren't we weren't ever going to leave that place without without the three points. Obviously, we get. The early goal in that game, which can, which obviously game states make a difference. But you look at the big away games that we've played this season, away to Spurs, where we normally struggle. Um, even the first 35 minutes away at Anfield, um, obviously the, the, the next hour, um, I think is probably the start of when we've seen the team um, sort of make a turn for the worst. Uh, but, you know, we've been to a lot of grounds this year, have the best away record in the league for a reason. And it just seems that, as like I said, you know, at the top of the pod, that our principles were not there today, you know, and the players weren't really at it. And I think, you know, I do want to ask the question about the mentality of the squad, right? So I'm not going to, you know, turn around and be like, oh, yeah, these guys, you know, they bottled it, you know, this, that and the other. But there is a feeling there that, you know, obviously we've come to the, 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 the business end of the season. And, Certain players have not really been 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 up to it for you know the past three four games. You know this is the first time this season we have 
gone four games without a win um, in the Premier League. Um, we've conceded what I think, let me even do the maths, four today, three last game, another four in the previous two. So you're looking at, what, 11 goals in the last four games. Um you know, at the business end of the season, and yes, you can point to changes in the defence, etc. But I don't think that that is a good enough excuse for what we have, um, what we've seen from this team, because based on the past three games, this, today was coming. Today was really was was really telegraphed as as to how this game was going to go. You know, if if based on 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 what we've seen against West Ham, Southampton. Um, and Liverpool. So, where do you guys stand on the mentality of the of the team? I've I've got I've got quite a few thoughts, and I just googled. You know, what's the definition of mentality? You know, the, the, the mentality is defined as the characteristic way of thinking of a person or a group. Does this team lack mentality? Absolutely not. By defini- definition, they don't. They do not lack mentality. Second definition of mentality: the capacity of intelligent thought. Do they lack that? I don't think so. So people. Say mentality, but by definition, it is incorrect. We have come up short because we played against a team that are better than us. It's as simple as that, in my opinion. You know, you can question if we had, you know, the fortitude, the um, the capacity to win. Those things you can absolutely question because we've come up short here. But mentality, I wouldn't question. Um, I wouldn't question that. Um, they have still the same thought of trying to play, trying to play the way Atta wants us to play. And Atta even said, his quotes are... You know, after the game, the reason I didn't tinker is because I'm being loyal to the way that got us here. Why would I change that, you know, when this has got me here to the stage? This is what, you know, our mentality, our collective thought, our collective intelligent thought and our application of this has got us here. So I didn't change it. So you can take, you know, you can say, I, I personally criticised it. I thought you could have done, you know, a specific game plan or not. But it's not neither here nor there. In the end, you're going to criticise based on the outcome. The full process, however, last year we criticised based on the outcome, the year before that we criticised based on the outcome. But his full process got us to where we are now. So let's see where his full process gets us next year because I think we've got to start looking at that more in a way rather than just, oh, we've, lo- we've drawn three in a row, we've lost four games, we've been shit, you know, this team lacks mentality. I think that's not looking at deep enough. You know, you've got to analyse it more deeply. And I don't think, you can say that this team doesn't have, you know, mental capacity to go and win games because they have done it numerous times because they had the quality to do so. But against City, we've come up short. And that is not just mentality. There's other aspects mm-hmm. as well, you know, physically even. That team has outcompeted us. They were physically stronger than us, physically more dominant. They had five centre-backs playing, man. You know how big <laughs> you know how big those centre-backs are? We've had, we've had, I think you could say two... I think centre backs that or players of you know strong physical standing that played um, in our back five, you know they played Walker, Diaz, um, Akanji, Stones. Stones, all these men, Rodri, you know th- these are all big guys, bro. <laughs> Let's be serious. Oh, these guys are crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so many ups in the TT oh, before, man. They, they these ups have come for a freeze today. Hey, <laughs> let me let me tell you, man. Let me tell you, yeah. If if Disonomics has one hater left on earth, um, it's me. Yeah. If he has none left on the earth, it means I am dead. 
Yeah, this is a dim- Dissonomics hater count. That's that's me. Yeah, number one hater. Number one hater. Yeah. Well, also, Fuck just, that guy. just 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 quickly on um on German's point. Um, in terms of mentality, I, I do think this sort of thing gets overplayed because there's been loads of games that we've won this season, both home and away. Like, and you know, nobody wanted to talk about you know mentality there. Like, why is City the best? I don't think City are the best because they've got the best mentality. City are the best because they're the best team and they've got the best players. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, City had Laporte, who's pretty much been an unused sub on the bench for the last two months. Foden was on the bench. Alvarez was on the bench. Mahrez was on the bench. That's why City are the best, you know what I mean? So you you, you need to contextualise all of this, like, and, you know, I've just named all of those guys that are on the bench, and those are the guys we're trying to catch up with. Foden as well. Those are the guys that are on the bench, and we're starting Rob Holding, do you know what I mean? So we need to, you know, put all of that stuff into context in terms of we we need to spend more, we need to recruit more, we need to recruit better to get to to that sort of level. There's a reason Pep spends hundreds of millions of, on defenders. Diaz was over 50 mil. Laporte was over 50 mil. Carl Walker was 50 mil. How much was Ake? How much was Stone? Stone was another 50 mil. So I've already quoted you, well over 300 mil these guys have spent on defenders. And there's a reason Pep continues to buy defenders because I think build-up is key to the way. And I think it's very similar to Arteta. And it's why Arteta, again, in the summer, will spend more money on defenders um, because you've seen how... Once the build-up is smooth, everything else tends to tends to flow from there. So, I hope he does, man. I ain't worried, man. It's just um, we just need to improve. I think the the best thing is that we know where we're weak and we know what we need to do to get better, man. So it's just the case of, you know, eyes are going to be on Edu this summer, boy. So I'm I'm ready for you, brother. You better do it. Yeah, um, and I I'd like to touch on a couple of substitute appearances as well. Um, so. I think the, the forward line wasn't great today. Martinelli not really involved at all. I thought he had some bright moments coming into the middle to pick up the ball, um, but not really impactful in the game. Saka, completely anonymous. Um, I think Akanji locked him up, um, really didn't really get any change out of him. Jesus huffed and puffed, but again, not really able to impact the game. Um, but I thought uh, there were some two bright sparks um, off the substitutes bench, and um, probably three actually. And I think two of them were unfortunate not to come on at half time for me um, in Trossard and Jorginho. Um, I thought they did a lot better than the guys that started um, ahead of them. I thought Jorginho did bring an element of control um, to that second half. We were able to get a li- our foot foot on the ball a little bit. Obviously, 3-0 up, game state um, matters a little bit. City didn't have to press as high, etc. Um, and I thought Trossard was was quite lively um, and he probably deserves to start the next game, um, if I'm being honest. Uh, in that left eight position, I think I'd quite like to see how no, he... No, 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 not left eight. Up top, not left eight. You start him up top. And, and, yeah. and what would you do? I think left day I'm slapping the aside now or something like that. I'm I'm switching up a little bit next game. Um right, you would, bench Jesus. Oh uh, yeah, I think I think I should start Trossard next game fair. as as the fourth nine. Fair play, fair play. Because I think Trossard got the assist, another assist as well for holding his goal, is it? Um so he's up to eight, eight for us. But yeah, I think he, he probably has played his way into the starting lineup. Um, and we can maybe talk about, you know, some of those um um permutations of where that might be. But you know, for me, um, 
I think it's it's kind of strange that Jorginho hasn't played more of a part um, in in these past uh, few games because that seemed like a big Arteta signing at the time in January. I know we wanted Caicedo for 70 M's, but I think that's someone that Arteta has been chasing for a little while. And I think it's kind of strange that um, that party, uh, well, that Jorginho um, has not been used more in this in this running because he has some of that experience. Um, he does have that ability to, to, to give some additional control into games where I think in the past three games, especially, we have lacked that big, big time. You know, um, so I think yeah, I just wanted to touch on those two guys. I, th- I think Jorginho is um, in midfield in general. I think, I think the only game where I think he probably should have started him was when Xhaka was you know out injured, but he wanted to go more attacking. I think he should have been more. Given what happened in the two previous game, I think obviously hindsight is king, but I think we could have done with um, just starting that game in a more controlling manner. You know, so. Um, but I think the other games, I'm not surprised we didn't start him um, because, again, I said he's been loyal to what got us to the stage. And if that midfield is available, he's he's playing that. And mm-hmm. as we said before, we don't have the privilege of tinkering um, because that could compromise our results. See, so, yeah, Pep is tinkering every week with his galaxy head, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so let's... Hey, he really fucked us today, you know. Nah, nah, he cammed he us to dirt, man. He actually cammed us to dirt. That was 95 minutes of your Do you know what? It, it, was, it, was, it was one of them ones where, twenty. like I said, the first 30 minutes is where we usually just, um, you know, have been dusting teams wherever this season, home and away. They were just, it was just such a controlled and assured performance from them or whatever and halfway through that first half I'm watching them and saying what can we actually do to change it like what what can we actually do because something needs to change it can't go on like this but what do you actually do and again it's down to the personnel it's down to um, who we had on the bench or who who or who we didn't have I should say um, you know that impacts and influences on how much we can actually change it but I think Jor- Jorginho and Trossard definitely should have made their appearances sooner. I think, you know, I was expecting um, George to come out um, when the team came out for the second half, really. Um, It's really difficult to say at this moment in time, maybe without watching it back, whether the um, increased control that we had later on in the second half was an impact of Jorginho or whether it was because City literally just took their foot off the the gas because they'd already dusted us 3-0 at that that point in time. But... um, yeah, that was something. And Trossard's Trossard. Um, some of the decisions about the substitutions and the players being brought in and out are, are, are really frustrating me, though, I'll be honest with you. And, you know, ESR, for example, is someone that I've been calling for. He needs to be integrated back into this team, um, you know, even if it's just minutes off the bench. And so for him to not be used, or to not really come off the bench or see any minutes off the bench and then all of a sudden... Um, Pep, fro- um, Pep, Arteta throws him in today. It's kind of like what, what, what did we actually expect to see from Smithrow, who's, you know, been out in the cold really, uh, pretty much since the Bournemouth game. Um, what did, what, what did, what, what did we expect? You know, you can't reasonably expect much from him. He's not match fit. He's not found his feet. He's not really got any kind of playing rhythm behind him. So that was really frustrating. Um, 
And then some of these guys like Nelson, when he did come on, and Ketia, when he came on, they looked hungry, to be fair. Um, they looked like they had chips on their shoulders and points to prove. And they looked like they were actually just trying to run at man and trying to cook players. And again, it's difficult to say, is this because City had, uh, were comfortable at that stage and some players um, had taken their eye off it? Or is it because or is it because these guys, that's what they were really about? I don't know. It's, 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 it's difficult to say. But... Um, but yes, the, the manner of some of these changes is frustrating me, actually. So that yeah, needs to be addressed quite soon. It's quite difficult to gauge, you know, is it the player, is it the game state that allowed them to be able to, you know, look decent? Um, for Virginia? Well, ultimately, if you come on 3 0 down, you know, you got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. You know, yeah. Nothing to lose. You might as well go yeah. out on your sword, man. And that, to be fair, I actually think Nelson has done well. He, he has probably, if he does extend, I think he has probably earned himself an extension with, with the performances that we've seen from him this season. Um, like, really and truly, he, he's done quite quite well off the bench, you know, and, and he's, he's, he's been counted upon when he is, he's had to step in, you know, which is more than can be said of some some other players uh, who've been subbed in because, you know, ESR today um, don't really know if he did anything, you know. Um, I don't remember how many touches of the ball. Um, he didn't really make himself an option, didn't really get involved in the play. And I think that's been the case for his, his past couple of games. You know, I know he's been out for a while, but... I need a little bit more oomph from him in some of these sub appearances, even though they are, you know, sort of few and far between. So, you know, I do think Nelson deserves some credit for um, for, for, for how he performed, performed today. So let's get into some listeners' questions um, before, we, before we wrap up. So this first one from Lukey Tyler. Um, we clearly need a better bench. Who are your top options to bring in for the bench? As in, like, today, to bring on, or, or I, I don't I to bring to bring in. So I think he means signings. Oh, I was talking about first eleven, boy. I wasn't even looking at bench. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and for me, and I think we said it before, the easiest way to build a squad is to buy players that can either compete or displace the starters, and and those are, you know, the guys who go on the bench. So we've all got names. I say Joe Rice. All these guys have been mentioned. Ugarte. I think Ornstein tweeted today that we were looking at Kudus is on the list. I ain't even going to mention that brother from Chelsea because I don't want him. But, you know, that one is that one's on the list as well. So we'll have targets. We'll have targets. My main thing is that I want us to have the depth of the squad that Arteta feels that he can tinker to German Dan's point. Do you know what I mean? So that we can have different game plans, different scenarios, because I do think it is, yeah, we flogged that same eleven pretty much all season, and some of them are tired, some of them are fatigued now, some of them have gotten injured, and we've come up short. So it is what it is. But whatever, you know, we've all got our opinions on what we think looks best or what we think works best. But I'll defer to the manager because I think he's earned the trust on it. So whatever he goes for, I think is good. I just need to. For me, it's a case of I don't want any stone left unturned. I don't want any shortcomings come next season. So I don't want to have to see with all due respect to upholding next season. Do you know what I mean? I don't want it to be a case of, oh, we take X out of the team. That means we can't do Y. X or Y player has affected our dynamics. No, that shouldn't be a case next season because we're going to be fighting on multiple fronts. And 
allow it now. Like you've had loads of transfer windows now. I don't really want to be having this discussion again after another transfer window. So, and obviously now we're going to be shopping in a different bracket because <laughs> funnily enough, we lost today, but we confirmed Champions League football for next season today. So, um, yeah, so, you know, whoever it is, I'm sure we'll have loads of players that want to come to us because we're back in Champions League now. So just make sure we're ready, man. Come the start of next season, we need to be ready to go on all fronts. That's that's my main aim. So, yeah, I didn't really answer the question in terms of targets. I think just mainly I would like two midfielders. I would like another right-sided defender, whether that's a centre-back or a right-back, you know, that just allows us to be flexible, to keep the same dynamics and keep the same build-up. Um and I would spend I would spend so much on the midfield that I would even forego another forward. Don't get me wrong, I would like another forward, but I would prefer two midfielders over another forward, hundred percent. Yeah, I think yeah. I think for me, yeah, I think for me, I think we need we need to definitely sign a right back. Um, what one hundred percent needs to sign a right back? I think Tomias needs to be transitioned to be the centre back backup to Saliba, and. And Ben White can then be the the third, you know, the third sort of centre back as, if there is a problem. Um, and then I would go in midfield. I would go with um, Rice. I think again the versatility is important. Rice can also play centre back. So if Saliba, if um, Tomiyasu, if Ben White staying at right back, Rice can play centre back. And I think this is to the point of what I said with City, a bunch of competent footballers playing anywhere on the pitch. Akanji was playing left back today, man. You know, I, I was in a group chat fighting couple men telling you this guy is a good player. This guy is a good player, and you just need a lot mm. of good players. So I would go Stone's right. Been, Stone's, Stone's been playing in midfield the last few Stone's games as well. Midfield. There you go. You know what I mean? So, um, and so I go rice in midfield. I, I think we need to do two additions in midfield. Um, I would go rice, and I would probably lean towards a, an attacking dynamic option. And for me, that would be kudos. I like kudos a lot. I think um, you either sign one of Rice or Kase- and Casado, and then you sign like a slightly different sort of um, profile. So I go Rice, Casado, and um, not Casado, Rice and Kudos, and um, you know someone at right back. And then I would also go for a striker. I think I think there's an opportunity for us to sign a striker that is clinical, or you know someone that can take his chances. That player doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, as good at link play as. Trossard, I think Trossard is a versatile option. You can play on either wing, so I'll keep that. I think Jesus can also be that versatile option, can play on either wing. And then the strikers could be Eddie and that new guy, you know, and Jesus or Trossard, depending on game state. I think we need that flexibility and interchangeability because I look at it like this, yeah? I think Edu ha- um, Eddie has a different game to um, Jesus, but both miss ch- both can get a lot of chances, but both miss the same rate. We've, we've, we've been through this, right, where... You know, Eddie gets a lot of chances, misses them, but then he tucks some. Jesus misses a lot of chances, then tucks some. I feel like these guys are not, for, in my opinion, players that are at the moment at the moment have shown that they can outperform the XG or even be very close to the XG. They are far away from what the expected goals are. So we need someone that is a verified, um, you know, bagsman in that regard. I think um, Martinelli is the only one that we have in that front line at the moment, that I really think is a really good finisher. I think Saka is a decent, adequate finisher. And he does score some, you know, good goals. But I think we need another very good finisher. And that will be my other addition. Um, because I think I see how City have just become so ruthless having Haaland up top. And he doesn't even do much, you know. Yeah, he lays the ball off every now and then. <laughs> you know, he's physical. 
He can stretch defences and he can finish. I mean, he's the best in the world at doing exactly that. But if you can find someone that can do certain similar things, then I would be interested in that. Um, you know, so yeah, that's that's that for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Guna Ellis and Yonko Abs ask kind of similar questions. So Guna Ellis has added an extra one. Anyone in the reserves under twenty ones who you promote to first team? I don't know, really. I don't think so. I think the guys on loan, we've done the scouting report on them as well. Balogun, Patino, I personally don't think either of them are ready to come in and be what we necessarily need for next season. So um, I'm gonna, I'm not really going to uh, say there's anyone there that's like, you know, kicking the door down to come into the first team like we had with um, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Eddie, etc. So um, that's that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I, th- yeah I, th- I don't think there are um, standout names. Um, I think for some of the players that are close to or in and around the first team, uh, 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 considering what we were going for for this season and considering what we'll be, uh, you know, competing for next season, I can't see very much joy for some of the players. Obviously, breakthroughs can happen; they're unpredictable or whatnot, um, but that's not what the question is. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think... Uh, what's his name? Brooke Norton Cuffey, for Norton example. Cuffey. I don't think he's close to um, being good enough to start for us. Um, uh, Ruel Walters, I think he, um, you know, is an exciting young player, definitely, but I think, you know, he needs a loan. He's not played uh, men's football yet. Um, that's not necessarily the path or necessity for all um, players, you know, Saka got Saka found his way into the team. You know, he didn't need to go on loan or anything like that. But yeah, I think Raul Waters um, to come in and play in defence for us. I think you know, he's, looks like a player that needs to be tested elsewhere. Um, Charlie Patino might have the strongest claim um, for me, but it, but that said, it doesn't mean that it's a, it's a strong claim at all. Um, and I really like Patino, but I just think midfield, especially the profile of midfielders that we need in the summer, that is an area which needs a massive overhaul um, for me. So, again, for him to come in, I don't think there's much question marks about um, uh, Patino's technical ability. It's about other aspects of his game, and that's why they sent him out on loan. Um, and I'm not sure. We looked, we've done a review of Patino. The team don't play a lot of football anyway, so it's difficult to really assess um, you know, how well he has done, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's good enough um, just yet for where we need to be. So, yeah, I don't I don't see it with any young players, really. The, the team is yeah. too good to allow some of these integrations. It's just, I mean, if you would have been where we are, where we were two years ago, you could have been like, oh, yeah, Balogun, man, he's, he's tucking it away. Like I said, whole bench, and we would have probably started Balogun, you know. Um, mm. and also in midfield, you, you'd be like, oh yeah, Patino can give us something different. But I just, you know, the iteration of the team that Arteta has built, and it's just too good. Shaps is right. I think these guys need another loan. Um, mm. And I think for Patino, I can see a pathway for Patino in midfield long term. Mm. Uh, yeah. Really he needs yeah. to he needs to develop into a man because that's what we need in midfield now. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, I, yeah. I, I, I think I think just yeah, just just lastly on that, where where we are in the stage of the project now, we already had the youngest squad in the league, so we don't really want to be bringing any more green players into that. Like it's now a case of, for me, twenty two to like twenty six year olds is what I need who are going to come in. You know what we're talking about bridging the gap to City is fine margins, do you know what I mean? And a young player, with all due respect, unless he's an Mbappe worldie that is ready to go from the get-go, he's not going to help us bridge that gap. So that's where we need to be wary of. I think I think this summer is where you go and you get your Fabinho's, you get your VVDs, you get your Allisons in to complete the team um, and complete that first 11 and push some of these guys further down, right? So... <laughs> Show the show. Are, are, are you okay? <laughs> you look all right. You look pain. The face that guy was pulling there, man. My God. Pain, man. Man. Yeah, so I think I think the signings that we, we make, the signings that we make, they need to really plug gaps in the first eleven and in the squad. So you know, uh, the next question. Uh, someone says uh, this is from Sosh Gian. He says, "How concerning has the midfield been in the last month? Jacket and Party can't be started anymore. I don't know about Party, but Jacker for me, he can't, he cannot be a starter next season. You know, like, I think we saw it today. Like you play the ball to my man in between the lines, we're losing the ball under that press. You know, um, whereas if you if, if that is someone like Kudus, you know, you feel." get off your seat kind of thing because you think something so something might happen you know we've seen him in the world cup we've seen him um, in the champions league etc so you know i think we need to now get to that level where you know every position in the team is filled with quality and you're confident that they can play the football that you want to play right there's no sort of square pegs in round holes and that kind of thing like even someone like Tierney who i think is a really good player um you know, Arteta seems clearly wedded to having his left back play in a certain way. So, when if Tierney's coming in, you either play to his strengths or he needs to not be at the club if that's the way you want your left back to play. Do you get what I mean? And so, I think that's what this summer needs to focus on. You know, like if you're going to be this stubborn and forthright, then round pegs and round holes, no square pegs and round holes. You see, I've I see it a bit different. I, I think we need both upgrades on the players that we have currently, but we also need varying profiles as well. So it's a bit of both. Now, all of that can't be addressed in, in one window. So what we have to do is um, get the best players available that we can get, you know. So hence why, um, if we're talking about midfield, for example, the, the Rices, the Caicedos, they appeal to me because they are players who, um, you know, probably uh, exceed or at worst they're as good as our current technical level, but they give us more in terms of um, uh, they're more combative, they're more athletic and whatnot. So that makes sense to me. Um, I do think there's a place for Tierney in this side. I don't think that all of our um every player that we have in a certain position, apart from the two centre-backs probably, but I, and, and maybe the DM, but I don't think every player that we have for the same position needs to have the exact same profile. Um, I think there's a place for Tierney's profile at left-back, but I think it's about Arteta being able to be more flexible because teams will stop us. Um, you know, it's the same with right-back. You know, I want a different profile right-back as well. You know, I like what Ben White's been able to do. Um 
but you know I want I want I want someone who's a bit more of an of an attacking threat and a high volume runner and a high volume sprinter who just gets down the right hand side really pins teams back and whatnot I think there's a place for that um you know we were discussing city and this new system that city have got and we we're saying that actually Pep's just devised this new system and teams are really struggling with it it's only a matter of time you know um teams will eventually cotton on to it and then Pep will have to adapt again like you know it's, it's it's the coach's job to find a different solution and I think a problem with Arsenal at the moment is that you know I think we're very good when we're playing in our, our our ideal system and we have beat teams in different ways um you know but in these games like today where we need to play in a different way we we need to be more flexible we need to be more yeah. flexible than we I, I, so, I, I agree I agree with you I agree with you Shabs and my point is with having these flexible players um someone like Tini is quite inflexible Right, in mm. what he can do, yeah. I was so, gonna say this. I think, I think, I think he, he doesn't have the technical level. Like, you see, Akanji, he's a center, but he played left back today. Um, I don't think even Arteta would be comfortable. And I know it's been suggested using Tini as a right back, he wouldn't be, you know. Um, that's that's not that's not so that's and I, and I hear you, and you're right, and that's not the flexibility I mean. But when I'm talking about the play, like, if if we do have an inflexible so, player in Tini, for me, it's about. Um, the flexibility coming from the coach. Yeah, know? no, so I, I I hear that. Without I hear us that, losing, right? without us I, losing too much, you know. Yeah, of what, I, we, I, are, I, what we do. Well. I, I completely hear that. But then my, my 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 counter to that is it's easier to be flexible when you have flexible players. Do you get what I mean? So it's like if you if you have someone who is able to play in multiple positions can play multiple styles can can bomb on and overlap and also play inverted etc that allows you the flexibility so you don't have to necessarily switch out players to be able to play in different ways and I think that's what I mean about the, the round pegs and round holes where you're not forcing anyone to try and do something different just because you're trying to be flexible just because you're trying to play um in a in, in a different way kind of thing but um it is getting late so let me just try to fly through these last few questions so sam e underscore 91 he says what does life after number five look like is the absence of saliva having this much of an effect on our midfield normal or has party just fallen off a cliff um ability slash performance wise no i I think um life after party if you believe what Ornstein said today, because obviously I was hoping Rice would come in as an eight, but if you believe the rumours, it looks like he's going to come in as a six. Um, but to be fair, looking at how Rodri plays the six, um, it isn't, and this is going to sound, I'm not criticising him, it's not particularly fancy what Rodri's doing, like, do you know what I mean? But he's recycling well, he's there it's for defensive answer, transition. It's just, yeah. It's just answer, yeah. And, and, and I don't, see why Declan couldn't do that actually to be fair like do you know what I mean I think party is actually better on the ball but um I think Leroy made this point actually a while back I think party's physicality is actually quite overrated actually he isn't that great of an athlete do you know what I mean so and I think um we've seen with Rice he's got very very good PMP so it might be that's the case again like I said all we're doing is projecting at the moment so we'll have to wait and see on the Saliba point it's not the case of 
that I mean Saliba is an exceptional defender don't get me wrong like what he's done I think in his first season as a 21 year old is fantastic it's just the fact that we can't continue the same dynamics when we play with Rob Holding if as Shabs mentioned earlier it was just a case of Ben White played centre-back and Tommy Yassi was right-back I think we would have generally been fine um, maybe not this game but I think we would have won at least two of our last three games you know the West Ham and Southampton ones I think we would have definitely won, even if, and maybe the Liverpool one as well. So it's more a case of we need someone who can keep our line high. Our defensive line, our defensive line height has dropped 20 metres um, since Rob Holding's been in the team. So, and again, that's then created problems in the midfield, which has overloaded Party, overloaded Ben White. The distances have been been too big, but that's something we can obviously relitigate in uh, another situation. So it's more again having that quality of defender. Again, look at City. Stones, Diaz, Akanji, Laporte, Ake. City can rotate and mix and match. Whatever bunch of... like, If I'm a City fan, I don't really care what four of those play, right? Because at the end of the day, they're going to continue that same level. They're going to continue that same dynamic. They're going to play the exact same way Pep wants to play. Um, so that, that's kind of what we need to strive and aspire for um, long term. Yeah, fair play. Um, so Don Mikhail 17 says, looking at ESR Nelson, there seems to be a clear difference in application. Does he have a future here considering the addition in midfield that we clearly need? I, I think, uh, I, I answer this one. I think, I think ESR definitely has a future here still. I think people are obviously looking at what has happened in the last couple um, weeks. Like he's not been utilized that much. And, um, and uh, I think he's had. I think since Bournemouth, I think Shap said he's not really been utilised much. And today he, he kind of got thrown in. But, you know, you, you have to take the minutes that you could give him, brother. So, you know, next one you have to, again, try rise. I think he's still off it match fitness-wise. Um, But let's see. And I think with Nelson, he's going to get a new contract. I think he's shown in his cameo, you know, he's ready to he's ready to be a squad player. And he seems to be happy being in that position. Whereas I think, and I've, I think Atar has alluded to it, I think at I think ESA wants to be a starter and he's not happy not being given the opportunity to start. And Atta's basically saying you have to earn that right. This is why I think Atta's kind of managing him um, a, a little bit in terms of this, uh, there are certain things I need or want and I'm not just going to give you the opportunity because I know you're good. You have to earn that. So I think that's how he's managing him and I don't think he's lost faith in him um, just yet. Uh, so let's see how that goes. I think ESA is definitely better than Fabio Vieira. I think that's a player that probably needs a loan to be honest. I think when we start signing midfielders, um, we're gonna look at Fabiora Vieira and think where's he gonna get his minutes? He ain't gonna get them on the wing. You know, he, he's gonna have to get some he's gonna have to get some minutes elsewhere. I think that's someone I think that's probably gonna go on loan. Um Sungu, he ain't gonna come back man. He's we are sending that back we're sending that boy back to Congo man. <laughs> so Vincent company to buy Vincent Company needs to come and buy him. And yeah, the, everyone the, knows the, what we're talking about, bro. Oh, Lukonga, yeah. So the, the the thing is, you know, and I, and I, and I'm not I'm not a Fabio Vieira here. I think there's still playing there, but he's not ready for what we want right not now. Really. And and I not think really. I think with Lukonga, he's also not ready for what we want right now. Probably I, I, quality wise, I rate him less. But I'm looking at that game like a couple of weeks back. I'm like, look, if Lukonga plays the eight, it's not too different to what about Fabio Vieira gave us in, in the eight in that game. So I think there's some learning to do for Fabio. He needs to get consistent minutes. He needs to be away. Um, I think ESR can push for the first team more than Fabio Vera can. I don't think Fabio Vera can push any of these guys as I think ESR could. Um, so yeah. 
Fair play. Fair play. Um, Tondre one, he says, almost to a T tonight, nearing the collapses at White Hart Lane and St. James's Park last season. Out for, out for, and spineless. Um, throughout Emirates' era, when the lights have shone the brightest and the pressures on, the team have folded, regardless of the manager. Coincidence or deeper issue? Sorry, I didn't hear the question. I was just laughing. At Sorry, just laughing at the comments. So, so I go, throughout the Emirates era, when the lights have shone brightest and the pressures on the team have folded, regardless of the manager, coincidence or deeper issue. We've come up against the best team in the yeah. Premier League era, man. Yeah, I think, I think, I think on this one, right? Like, I do believe that this team is different. You know, maybe the title probably a bit too much for them this season. But I do believe this team is different, man. Um, I think they've shown that even in um, uh, the Liverpool game, um, the Southampton game, that they have really fought right up until the end. You know, I think um, the Southampton game, I think Arsenal, <laughs> I think Arsenal of old would probably have just let that 3-1 lie, personally. Um, I don't think the previous Arsenal team gets that back to 3-3. Um, in a 90th minute like we did. We've had several comebacks this season, starting right from the start of the season as well against Fulham. You know, uh, came back to win that 2-1. You've got the Aston Villa game. You've got the Man United game. You've got the um, Bournemouth game as well. So, you know, I do think that the team is different, but, you know, probably we're lacking that top elite level quality in the team to get us over the line. So, yeah. Bro, um, bro, I, 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 just, I just went, I I just went back to Premier League winners um, by points, Teddy, yeah? Chelsea won Premier League with 86 points. United won a Premier League with 80 points. Um, City won a Premier League with 86 points. Chelsea with 87. Leicester, 81 points to win the Premier League. You know? Pep comes here. 93, 100, 98, 99. The lowest they've won the Premier League with was eighty six points. And who and 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 in that eighty six point season for them, who finished like so? What, what were the other teams like? I think around it was. Them? I think United were second that season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Look, yeah, I, I no, that, no one really. That, put them that's a very. They could, gone, they could have gone to ninety. To be honest, if they needed to. Yeah. Look, like these are very valid points, yeah, for that that German Dan's making. And my, my thing is that I don't. Hold on, hold on. I think sorry, 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 sorry. United finished on seventy four points after thirty eight games. We have seventy five right now. Mm. Do, do, do you know what I mean? We're we're competing yeah. against beats that people competed with, with against, and you know, Liverpool fans have told us, and that we 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 we've been knowing. You know, it's it's not spot. It's not the same as what happened. All those years back when we were bottling leagues and we were finishing on 72 points and just about scraping teams, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. And my thing is the the the, the real disasters in this run of games, in this run of his four games, the real disasters have been the two in the middle. It's been the Southampton game. That was a real disaster. Just a shock horror start. Um, and we completely folded. We've done well to get back into the game and we've done well to leave. We, sh we, we really even should have won that game. Um, if we had been more clinical, more decisive, or you know, got our act together sooner, um, and the West Ham game, that was a real disaster. I'll be honest with you. The um, the Liverpool game, I don't think people should overanalyze that too much. It was disappointing because of the manner in which we we we, we led that game. Um, but the bottom line is that most 
Arsenal fans, most sane Arsenal fans would have taken a point from Anfield before that game. You know, if you say to me, oh, we're going to Anfield, um, 2 2, we walk away, we get four points over the course of a season off Liverpool. Come on, man. Like, you can't really, really argue with that or be disappointed with that, to be honest with you. So, I think the West Ham one was a real, um, real disaster. And especially when we had an opportunity to make it 3 1, um, you know, didn't. And then, you know, level up 2 2. Um, that, that, that really hurt us. Um, there's no shame in losing to City at the Etihad either. So, I think, you know, had we sorted ourselves out in those other two games, the conversation and the narratives about Arsenal will be uh, completely different. So, um, you know, we've lost the game that most expected us to lose and we've drawn the game against Liverpool that most expected us to draw. So, um, I, I still feel we're pretty much on 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 course, on par for the course. You know, there are probably some games where we've won which pe- earlier in the season, earlier in our runs, where people wouldn't have expected us to win either. So, I don't think that there's a need for all this over-analysis and whatnot. We're on 75 points. Um, we've got, what, how many games left to play? 35 games left to play? So, there's 15 games. Yeah, five games left to play for us. For us, isn't it? Yeah, we, we played a game 33 today, didn't we? So, we got 15 points left to play for, you know? Um, so, as likely or unlikely as it is that we may um, win or not win all five of those games, um, we could finish with 90 points. That's the reality. That's what we're looking at. So, like, people will turn around and make it about, oh, yeah, Arsenal this and that, and, yeah, they've bottled it or whatever. Like, we're on course for a 90-point season, Um you know, in most circumstances, that should be enough to win the title. If we get 90 points and don't win, the better team did the business then, didn't it? What, what can you really say? So, yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my thoughts on the matter, man. Why I'm not, not trying to entertain no more talk about um, bottling it or whatever. Whatever happened, I'm not trying yeah. to entertain that. Um, yeah, so Don Mikel 17, he had another question. He says, party looks like he's physically deteriorating. If you're looking at age curves, would it be smart to sell this summer? Partey's under contract for what, two until 2025? So he's got two more years. Isn't it 2024? I thought it was a four-year contract he signed. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was five. I thought we got him until 2025. I, I, I might be wrong actually, so don't quote me. If it is 2020, if it is 2024, then you need to make a decision about him this summer. But I think even if it's 2025, you need to make a decision. Um, I p- personally, I wouldn't renew Partey at the end of his at the end of his time at Arsenal. I think he'll be 32. 31, 32 when his contract with us expires, depending on, you know, whether it's... Uh, sorry, sorry, you're you know, right. It's five, it's five years. You're right. Yeah, it's so that, that will make him 32, maybe even 33, um, because I think it when's his birthday, June or something like that. So he'd be 33. We signed him when he was 28, didn't we? So, yeah, he'd be 33. So I, I, I do think we, we have to be honest, though. This this discourse on party has completely changed within the last... Yeah, it's, yeah it has. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's been, games. Well, not even been, yeah. not even been super as it's been like it's not been good. I, I wouldn't yeah. even call it like super disaster class or anything like that. He's just not been good. But yeah, he's not been his usual level. Yeah, and I think again, this is another one that people are maybe um, 
you know, over analyzing. People are maybe doing a bit too much. People say, oh, I, me personally, I've been doing a bit too much in relation to Erdegaard. I don't think so. But I think Partey, uh, that's that's how I feel people are making it about Partey. I think he's just not been at his usual level. But I think it's beyond these recent performances in the last five games. It's a bigger picture about um, squad building and squad planning. And, you know, how much longer can he continue to kind of give us... Um, you know, the, 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 this top level of performance, you know, how much, uh, like, I mean, what do you think? I don't, I don't think he gives us another two years or eight, even 18 months of, of top level performances. I don't I think, think so. I think with Pate, you have to definitely look at his, ab um, his, his ability to have you know, the capacity to play a lot of games at a high level and mm. can play 20 games and be consistent mm. at a high level, but can he play 30? And this is where you have to to pad out the squad, you know. I think we've yeah. seen this just before that, you know. After after um, he'll, he'll go for a long good spell, and then he go for a spell where he's not not that good, or you f you feel like he's physically off. And uh, this has mm. just been a recurring theme in this time at Arsenal. Um, still a quality player, but there's definitely question marks over you know his um his ability to have you know to be able to do that over a long season yeah. or um you know stay fit over that whole long season. So. Um, I think rather than trying to see it again, which we, which we have tried, you know, for two, three years now, I, I would say, you know, sign more midfielders so he plays less games. Yeah, exactly. If you have an adequate understudy for Partey, it 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 doesn't become the conversation that it is now. It doesn't. You just you just sit him down for a couple of games and you just say, yeah, he's quality anyway. Whoever's coming in for him, so it's fine. And if you have the quality, if you have the quality, you can manage him. You can manage him, manage in them a different way. Well. Yeah. This is, this is injuries, you keep time. injuries to a minimum. This yeah. is what you do all the time. De Bruyne has been on the bench the last couple of games. You know, people ain't talked about it because they're just they're playing when um, when Bernardo Silva doesn't play well. Do you hear about it? I mean, I watch their games and I'm like, hmm, Bernardo ain't playing well. The next game he ain't playing. <laughs> this is what Pep does, man. Mm -hmm. um, so this is where we try, which we have to try to get to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think there's a couple of questions actually. Hey, one more than closes, um, man. <laughs> yeah, Mark's the chef. Wow. He says, Is it arrogance or incompetence or both from Arteta? No major changes after three draws in a row, um, going into the best team in the league. Also, Jesus's play is a hindrance to the team. He's constantly, he didn't even ask a question, man. <laughs> um, he just, no one just wanted to rant, bro. Um, right, uh, let's, 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 let's call it a day. Everyone's sad, man. Let's go to bed. Yeah, it's already 12 o'clock, man. Hey, we, we, we held that, man. We man, held man, that, man. Man's got international calls yes, at 7 a.m., bro. It's time for Rata. me to hit the hay, bro. Yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I need to be in the office, and i got to be there at 8.45 in the morning. Yeah, so, let's boy, it's not looking that. good. It's not looking bro. good. But, um, oh, four, eight, Sean... No, no, no. Yeah, close us up, man. Yeah, Sean, Shabs, German, Dan... Thank you for joining me. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. We've still got 24 people on um, live with us at midnight. Uh, just to... Hold know, on, hold on. These are like playing too much. When we were winning games, where you guys... I lied. I lied. That's it. <laughs> when, when we were winning, there was five men tuning in, bro. <laughs> hey, bro. It's crazy out here, man. It's crazy. Hey, 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 it's going to hate, man. I'm hoping that's mostly Arsenal fans, bro, because <laughs> I, hope I would so. not be, I'm not going to lie, as much as I hate other teams, I would not be 
losing sleep for for, for today. I watch that shit in the morning, man. Man, fuck that. Um, but anyways, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Um, and we'll be back. I don't know what's our next game. We've got Chelsea on next Tuesday in a week. Next Tuesday. Right? So, boy, yeah. I need three points. I need three points, man. Frank Lampard cannot leave Emirates Stadium with anything. I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm honestly, Brother. I need to pam him to dust. They're yeah. going to let Mudrick bag his first goal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get off, man. Hey, come off, man. <laughs> into existence, man. Hey, piss off, man. Hey, if you want to direct your, your, your jinxes yeah, to anyone, any, anyone to have SV Cupaholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peace. I'm a man. How are you, man? Bless. Yo! Man could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on side. Man had to grab that man. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good energy. Man gonna work with a bad man vibe. Sports Social Podcast Network.